Welcome. My name is Art Wright with CBF Virginia. And today we are, we have convened a, a group of wise minds to talk about how we can continue serving youth and students in this sort of evolving context that we find ourselves in, right? Uh, in the middle of this uh, global pandemic that's affecting all of us in so many ways. We're wondering uh, how we can continue to do youth ministry <laughs> when, we're, when we're at home. All four of us are at home, right? We're, we're maintaining good social distancing uh, standards. What, 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 what are best practices right now for youth and student ministry, given the challenges of isolation and, um, and social distancing? So uh, I have three veteran... Uh, youth and student pastors on our call today with us. We're meeting via Zoom if you're listening in via podcast. I'm wondering if each of you can introduce yourselves briefly and tell us a little bit about your church before we launch into our conversation together. Welcome one and all. I'll go first. Hi, I'm Alice Cakes Clark and I am the associate pastor for uh, youth and community engagement at Derbyshire Baptist Church uh, Derbyshire is in Richmond's West End, and um, I've been there almost a year. My one-year anniversary wow. is coming home. Celebrated at home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Welcome, Alice. I'm so glad that you can join us this morning. Thanks. Glad to be here. I'm Melissa Scott. I'm the associate pastor at Colonial Avenue Baptist in Roanoke, and um, we are a smaller church who is um, figuring this out. So my role right now, and um, my focus has been youth and children and families. Um, we are without a senior pastor right now, so my role has expanded a little bit, but um, my focus continues to be on youth and children and families as much as it can be. Yeah. So thank you, Melissa. Thanks for being with us this morning. Hi, I'm David Hahn, and uh, I'm at Fredericksburg Baptist Church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, uh, and I do youth and college ministry. Awesome. Yeah, welcome, David. So we, we have a, a pretty good geographic representation, and I'm here in Richmond, Virginia as well. So uh, I'm wondering if we can just sort of brainstorm together, share our experiences and what you're hearing from your youth and students. What are some of the unique challenges facing um, students and youth and youth and youth ministry right now that, that you're seeing or hearing in your context? Well, I think a lot of it is similar to what everyone else is dealing with in, in some ways, you know, the feeling of loneliness and isolation, um, adjusting to working at home, you know, school at home is very different than school in the classroom. Um, but I think you add to it, I don't know. There's a, there's a layer. Um, there's lots of rites of passage this time of year, I think for all kids, but I mean, particularly, obviously those seniors, um, seniors in high school, seniors in college who, you know, they don't have those things that they've been looking forward to for, I mean, their whole lives, you know, graduations and prom and, um, you know, all those other little unique things to each school that, that, that they're not getting to do this year. Um, and that's hard. So I think those rites of passage are super important. And so, um, this is time to celebrate them, to, to mark milestones and so forth. Yeah. That's a huge challenge. And certainly they're grieving that loss. I would think of, of being able to do those things together. Yeah. I think it's the way to on that is that, you know, how to, how to stay connected. I mean, I think the big thing for all of us is that, you know, we're used to having, you know, two to maybe three events a week, if you will, where kids gather with you. Um, and that's kind of been the thing that the challenge of the church now, right. Is doing what we all know is continuing to be the church all day, every day and connected with people, you know, not just with being face to face. Um, however, that's where, how we're called, right. We're called to gather as a community. Um, and so that's the challenge of how to do that, um, in a way that feels like we're being connected. Right. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And along with rites of passage, there are all of the, for my particular setting, spring is 
um, happens to be the larger sports and other activities piece for my kids. So along with school and youth, they're missing their spring sports or their dance recitals or their plays, all of the things that um, in my particular context are weighted pretty heavily for them. Um, and so there's another layer of grief and, um, and, and I share that grief with them. I thought I had mo- removed all of those things from my calendar, but a reminder popped up on Sunday that, oh, tomorrow you need to go to so-and-so's game. And I thought, oh, that makes me really sad. And then reminded me how sad that must be for them. And I named that for them. You know, when we gathered Sunday night, I said, this happened. And I thought I'd gotten rid of all those. And then one shared, yeah, my softball app reminds me every day that I'm supposed to be at practice. (laughs) Turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I think that that layer is hard. Yeah. That's a good word. I had um, uh, a reminder on my phone on Sunday pop up that said no school tomorrow for my for my older son <laughs> because it was the day after Easter. And I was like, of course, <laughs> no, no school any day this week. Yeah, no longer the um, moment of celebration that yeah. would normally be. In your no. <laughs> yeah, no, my kids celebrated that. They reminded me that it's the Monday after Easter and they didn't have school anyway, so we didn't have school yesterday. Right. <laughs> so right. I saw an article um, in the New York Times, you know, I think probably many uh, children and youth initially celebrated, oh, we don't have to go to school. It's like a snow day. And then as it sets in weeks later, a lot of kids are saying, I actually wish I was school- at school right now. What's, what's your sort of sense of how, uh, you know, youth are feeling these days, at least in, in where you're at? I would say mine, the first week, you know, you know Virginia's governor, right, declared, we're going to take another week or two off. Right? right. And that was like, yay, woohoo, you know, <laughs> um, vacation extended, you know, and people were, you know, what should we do? And those kind of things. And then that next week when he said it was closed for the rest of the school year, that's when it all just kind of crashed. Right. Everybody was just, you know, no, I want to go. I mean, even my 10 year old um, melted down that day when wow. he heard it uh, in the office and just was crying. Like, I'm never going to see my friends again. Those kind of things. So, um, I think that just radiates all the way up to the high school kids. And I think, I know my older, the older ones are really, well, even the eighth graders, right, going into high school are super nervous and or the juniors and seniors super nervous. Like, am I going to be ready for the next, you know? And I think the, the, the younger ones, the ninth and 10th graders, if you will, or the sixth and seventh graders are like, okay, I still got a little time to sort this out. Um, but those that are transitioning into something else um, a little quicker are, are pretty nervous about, am I going to be prepared to do this Mm -hmm. or even be allowed to do it? Right. Yeah. So some, some honest anxiety. Right. And I think that announcement of school is not going to come back. It was a reality, like a, just like a punch of reality. I think for me, like for me too, I think for adults too, like I knew in my brain when they first closed things for two weeks, they're like, like, yeah, it's probably going to go on a longer than that. But like the concreteness of it, like Mm -hmm. the governor said June 10th, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Okay. Okay. All right. Let's, let's talk about this. You know, it, it, it was a reality punch of, of what's really happening in the world. And, um, yeah. I'm wondering how, how do we brace them for the the possible reality of not starting back in the fall? Dude, yeah. You know, I mean that's kind of something that we we probably should should start bracing ourselves for because that could be the reality. And before yeah. even that, the summer, right? Yeah, right. All the summer plans. Yeah. And that was the first text that I got for after um, schools were closed. It wasn't about schools closing, it was what about camp? Mm-hmm. And I said, I can't answer that right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you know, they, teenagers like certainty and like to know what's coming. And because I'm more spontaneous, I like to mess with them sometimes with that and not give them schedules and other things that they would like, but not big schedules. I give them those, but like moment to moment schedules. Right. Um, but in this time, you know, I have no certainty at all to offer them. Because yes, I don't know. None of us know. And that has become a really, um, large place of anxiety for them. Right. I don't know that they've thought ahead to the fall and I'm not helping them do that at this moment because I think they are struggling to process the reality of the next few months. Mm-hmm. I think we probably need to get prepared. For- we do. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
I think about the college or the high, the graduating seniors from high school who say, well, at least, you know, I'm going to start at such and such college in the fall. You know, I'm ready to move into the dorms. Like, at least I have that. And Mm. yeah. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. We, so if you're listening in and you're not in Virginia, I feel like the Virginia governor has maybe been a little bit on the leading edge in terms of responding. Uh, and it sort of was a ripping off the Band-Aid moment when he just said, you know what, we're just going to cancel school for the rest of the year. But we are in this sort of point in the process where we feel like we're, you know, kind of reaching the peak. But now we're wondering, what does this look like as we come down on the other side? And there's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, I, I'm starting to see newspaper articles to that effect. So, uh, lots, lots of uncertainty, anxiety, grief, and and a whole host of feelings. So as, as we're thinking about ministry to and with youth and students in particular, I'm wondering, um, maybe before we sketch out some of the the specifics of how we're navigating this time as church, I wonder if y'all can sort of sketch out what are some of the like major theological underpinnings or, or, or key principles that, that sort of um, help you understand, you know, what it is we're up to when it comes to ministry to and with youth, youth and students. I'm wondering if that, because many of those things are going to stay stable, right? Even as our context is changing, uh, you know, in part ministries about connection, ministries about mission and so forth. So what are some of those kind of guiding principles that you all have? in your own ministry. So I do think about it in terms of connection in several different ways, but connection kind of is the overarching theological Mm -hmm. underpinning. And so I look at connection with God through worship and prayer and silence, Mm -hmm. Um, connection with sacred stories, with scripture, connection with who God created them to be a sense of blessedness and the holiness of themselves. Cause I think that's important, especially for teenagers connection with the family faith, with hmm. our church and the larger church, and then connection with the world through acts of service and justice. So that's kind of the five connection points that I, when I'm planning, think about where, where does this connect into my connection scheme? And if it doesn't, then maybe I need to not think about that, but really those cover a lot of things. So yeah. I mean, that's kind of my, Really, everything fits somewhere in there, um, but those are my um, under kind of my theological um, foundation for when I'm thinking about our youth. I like I that. that. Yeah, those are great. I think. I mean, for for me, I mean, um, there's a sense of uh, helping them to see who they are as the church, where they are. So, um, like. Uh, being able to write or take a picture of I'm the church, I'm Fredericksburg Baptist, or I am the church here today or doing this today, not in, because we're, you know, we are I, identity on the corner of Princess Anne and Amelia Street in downtown Fredericksburg, right? The building. Um, we're also having some, I have a cry coming here in a second. Um, okay. <laughs> and there's some reality here too, right? That it's happening. Um, but but also we're doing some, you know, kind of scavenger hunt around the building um, and, and where we're taking pictures of certain things around the building, right? Here's my daughter, Claire, right here. Just got hit in the eye. Sorry. Um, okay. Wait a second. And, and so our, uh, we're, we're also taking, a, uh, uh, um, you know, images of different parts around our building and having people try to figure out where they are. Um, And what part of the building are they in so they can stay connected to the space that they love so much, but then also translating that out to how is that bigger than just a building or just the space or the youth room or whatever? How are you doing those things outside of it and being the church outside? So, um, and then, I mean, Alice mentioned about missions before we started this podcast, right? Um, That's another thing is trying to figure out a way for them to continue the mission, right. To continue serving others, um, without being able to be with others. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do you safely mail someone something if they're afraid that it's something's going to be on the package or the card or, I mean, you know, it's all these you know, weird stuff to be thinking about, but, but needing to keep those theological principles there for them throughout all this. Mm-hmm. It, it is, strikes me that this is, you know, such a key time for faith formation for so many, 
you know, adolescent years, teenage years and into, you know, early twenties. Yeah. I love, um, that you're taking pictures around the church. One, one thing that, um, our church did and worship a couple of weeks ago was they just showed video of the empty church spaces. I was almost moved to tears, you know, because we can't go into that space right now. So I love that you're doing that, uh, for your youth. Alice, anything you want to add in terms of sort of what are your, um, grounding points in terms of your ministry? Yeah. I mean, these guys have both spoken so beautifully. I, I mean, I'll just add, it's kind of piggybacking. It's really a holistic approach, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it. It's looking at each student as a whole beautiful being. And, um, you know, our, our call is to, um, embrace and lift up each piece. And that means, um, you know, making sure that we create space for them just to relax together, just to be silly together. Um, because I think in this time that's super important and they don't have that much at all ever. So, um, you know, honoring the need just to hang out, how do we find ways to do that? Um, that don't feel forced. Um, and, uh, like acknowledging that I can't dig in super deep theologically with them necessarily when I'm, unless we, until we can address this other anxiety that we're still trying to put a name on and put into some compartments that we can deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, and to that effect, I mean, I'll say I'm, I, we're doing Bible study time together, but it's low key right now. Um, like at some point I'm going to have to like start digging in a little more because like you say, these are formative years, but, um, yeah, right now it's more about the, the hang and just trying to touch on where they are trying to, to meet them where they are. And, um, yeah, I guess that didn't get into deep theological (laughs) moorings or anything, but, um, just making sure we're looking at the whole youth and, and not. I'm not trying to push something that they're not in a place where they can hear right now. Um, right. I th- no, I think those are great words. Uh, and, and, you know, and you mentioned rites of passage earlier, like celebrating, uh, even if they can't, you know, go to these events, you know, saying we, we are celebrating all that you've accomplished through your schooling years. We look forward to the future and so forth. Um, Alice, I did the first week that we did Sunday school via zoom. I, I sort of, pushed it a little too far and was trying to carry on with business as usual. And so uh, I, I do um, Sunday school to adults with adults. And one of them pushed back and said, Art, I don't think we're there this morning. We just, we're not ready for this. We just need to, you know, keep it a little bit shallower. So I certainly hear where you're coming from. Um, well, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, and it's trauma and grief and anxiety and it's, you know, probably what, at least 75% pastoral care, maybe 25%, you know, theological depth or something. Um, well, well, let's, let's shift gears a little bit and think, I'm curious. I know we shared a little bit before we started recording, but what are some of the ways that you all find that you're adapting? Um, what are some of the creative things that um, you're developing. And I see this, you know, partly as a chance for us to brainstorm together, but certainly uh, with the thought that, that folks might be listening in and that this might be a, a fruitful conversation for others as well. What are, what are some of the things that y'all are up to? Trying a lot of new things. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, well, part of my role, right, being youth in college is also I've um, spent a lot of times the past three weeks helping the whole church become online and digital and with one of our young adults, uh, Tanya Payne, um, to create this. So some of the things we're doing is we're writing a, um, update letter every single day, uh, that talks about the things that our church is doing, things that our church members are doing. Um, just any, anything to keep people connected to the community. That that goes out to everybody, right? Yeah. It goes to the whole entire church, the youth, parents, everybody, adults, uh, and then post to our website so everybody can see them. There's a daily devotion also that we're doing um, to kind of help people stay connected that way. Uh, also, just, you know, like you mentioned, Zoom classes, right? We have Sunday school classes uh, for all the age groups. Um, you know, even the children's ministry has a has a night on Wednesday nights. It's mostly a game kind of time. But 
it's kind of cool to see all the kids and their families up on the screen talking and hanging out. Um, youth in college, you know, we have a, a grab a lunch is what I call it. Cause I don't think they're going to wake up right now on a Sunday morning uh-huh. to come to something. <laughs> so we meet at 12, 15. Uh, and I'm going to be honest. I almost forgot about it last Sunday. Uh, after Palm Sunday worship, I wanted to run out to the store and get something. And I got in the car and was about to pull away at like 12, 10. And I ran back in the house. I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to start zoom. <laughs> I tell you what, it's just, uh, I mean, it's not normal, right? It's no, there's nothing. reminders are so important right now. Oh my gosh, they so are. Oh yes, because every day is exactly the same and also completely different. And so, yes, without those reminders, I would never show up for youth group Zoom meetings. Right. <laughs> and they're at different times, you know. They're not at normal <laughs> times, and oh my gosh. So I think that's kind of you know, and then of course streaming worship and trying to add in you know, creative elements from youth um, to to senior adults, to everybody, just trying to give them moments to, um, you know, even thinking through, you know, some of the things we're missing uh, is, you know, most of us, a lot of us have kind of a youth Sunday, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, to creating a space to allow maybe, um, you know, a youth or two to throughout this season, you know, preach on a Sunday for us, uh, maybe from their home. And we pipe that in or, you know, just kind of find some ways to let them still feel like they have some of those moments. Um, uh, and then some mission activities, having them spend time in people's yard um, when they're not with the people, right? <laughs> okay. So like with observing appropriate social distancing, but. Uh, yeah, I told them that they needed to, uh, and they, some have done it. They have to call or text the neighbor or the family member. I'm going to come to your yard and do this. And then if the person is outside, then they can't go. Right. Just trying to help them understand that it's been really receptive and then trying to get them to, um, you know, we've had some people, some senior adults, especially they've been nervous about receiving cards or packages from people. Um, so providing students with, um, email addresses for all the staff, Mm -hmm. all their leaders, and then also a few um, adults throughout the church and having them either write an email or those that feel comfortable sending them a note um, of encouragement. And then we're also having, we're going to have some adults do that to the youth, right? Have them send the kids things as well. So just kind of some ways to stay connected and words of affirmation, I think are important. Absolutely. Yep. I, I think for me, mission feels very local right now. We have an elderly couple next door you know, they don't go to our church, but I'm just calling them every few days just to sort of check in uh, and say, how are y'all doing? Do you need anything from the grocery store? And and I think in some senses that feels like mission. That's how we're caring for one another. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's great. What, what else? So we are not a game playing youth group normally. Like our, our Sunday activities don't usually involve game time. That's just not, the nature of this particular group of kids. Um, but that has become, let me be honest, I'm feeling Zoom time because they just stare at each other and do weird things on Zoom, right? Um, and so, um, but that has become an interesting part of our um, night. And we found some ways to play some games on Zoom that, and as I said, normally we're not game players, but they've really, I think, appreciated that time just of silliness and I mean, we're always silly, but they are a silly group, but not a game plan group. But that's been good. And because I'm offering prizes, I'm not, and we're a small church with a low, with a small budget, but you know, I'm not spending money on anything else right now. And so other than, you know, the $15 for Zoom or whatever a month. And so, um, so I'm offering prizes for all these games, but it's a way of saying when we're back together, this is going to happen. And so it does at least give them some hope and something to look forward to. I was delivering prizes, but then that became, you know, when we weren't on a fully only essential pieces and in Roanoke at that point, we didn't have many cases or any cases. So now that we do, um, I have been, um, you know, telling them, okay, I'm keeping a list and reminding (laughs) them. Um, but that seems to be something they remind me now. (laughs) <laughs> my, my blizzard is supposed to be this or whatever. But. They're keeping a tally. <laughs> right. So, and I, a lot of our time, I, it's a very short, as, as Alice said, you know, our, our Bible study time is not mm-hmm. in depth at this point. Um, and that's, and I've had to be okay with that. 
the yeah. longest part of our meeting is them sharing their highlights and lowlights and their God sightings from the week. Um, and there's, you know, it's an, a weekly examine in a way. You know, I think, you know, I think this is true in, in regular life, not just in pandemic life, but you know, who we are as pastors and ministers is maybe just as significant as, as, you know, making sure we have the right lesson plans or whatever, but how you, how you treat one another and how you're modeling behavior and what it looks like to follow Christ is, is probably just as significant, even if you're not, you know, having this amazing, you know, Bible study lesson plan. I'm curious if maybe for the sake of listeners or for each other, what are some of the games that, that y'all are finding uh, that are good to play online right now? I think maybe play is important and having fun together is important, not just for the sake of fun, but something theological is, is happening there. What are some of the, the, the ways that y'all have had fun uh, with, with the, the youth? We haven't played, we're having a game night coming up this week, but um, the, during our zoom times um, coming up with the most creative um, back tr- background, yeah. like the green screen background, you know, has oh, been fun. fun. Um, it's even more fun when I, I feel like it's, it's more fun when somebody's background doesn't work and it becomes them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and I think that's much better when that, when that happens. Like I did that to my wife. I, you can click on, on the color you want to be the green screen on your screen. And I made her shirt. She <laughs> was in class with, with her Sunday school class. Um, and so I think just having fun like that also. So part of what we're going to do this week is using the breakout rooms to create like where you can send them off into their virtual quiet areas where they can come up with something, a game or a, you know, skit or something, I don't know, something. And then they can okay. come back together and people can guess them or whatever. So, um, we're going to use those. And I know there's that jukebox or something like that online that people are Jack using. Box. Jackbox. That's what yeah. it's called. Yeah. So I haven't tried that yet. I don't know. So the, the, probably the most fun we had was the first night of me just calling out an item and then running through their houses, trying to find it and be the first one back with it. Most of them are on their phones. Their school Chromebooks don't allow them to download zoom. And so they are mainly using their phones. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're carrying their phones with them. And we're just seeing this like craziness. Um, but it really was, that was a lot of fun. Although the next week they were like, do we have to run this week? <laughs> <laughs> Only if you want to win. <laughs> and that one doesn't require anything, right? You're just calling out a list of items. So simple yeah. and easy. And it was a lot of fun. That's cool. That was the first game that I did with my students. And yeah, they, they were into it. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, some of them by the end of it were like, I'm not running. I'm not going outside to get a plate of grass. <laughs> I didn't tell them that there was going to be a prize or no, I think I did. I didn't tell them what it was. I was like, there will be a prize, you know, and they were like, whatever, you know? So, um, but the winner ended up, uh, getting a $10 Uber Eats gift card. Right. And so the next week when we signed on, he said, okay, youth, tell them, tell them what your prize was. And he was like, I got a ten dollar Uber Eats gift. It was like <laughs> this morning, and they were all just, "Ah, oh, what are we going to play tonight?" And so, it really, I found that, that the uh, Uber Eats gift card is essential to great. keep um, to keep the energy up, to keep everyone into it. I think we would have some who would probably be too cool to play games if there weren't that um, that neat incentive. <laughs> um, so every week, it's been a who's going to win. And I, so it, it also makes it challenging. Like every game has to have a winner, like, <laughs> which is hard. I, I've gotten it to where um, we've done different rounds of things where we've had two winners and then I just call it. Cause you don't want to, you know, belabor things either, but I can't be spending too much on Uber Eats gift cards. We don't know how long it's going to go on. Right. So uh, yeah. So we did um, that game The we did, um, I showed them, um, I, I sent them my screen, shared my screen with them uh, with a list of things for them to go. They could collect as many as they could. And each one had a point value. Uh-huh. Um, they had 10 minutes to go and collect all the things and then tally up their points. And um, we did um, like verbal charades. Like they didn't have to act things out. They just had to use words to get their uh-huh. team together. Cool. Uh, those were all fun. I'm thinking this week I'm going to try actual charades. We'll see how it goes. I think it's good. <laughs> Yeah, report back. I wonder if you could do like, you know, with the the whiteboard on Zoom, you could do like Pictionary or something. Surely yeah. there are Google, we can Google like. Be careful with middle school boys of <laughs> what they're drawing. 
So like turning off annotate is sometimes a good thing on Zoom calls because <laughs> it can be interesting. Yeah. Um, Download Youth Ministry is giving away one of their apps through June that's mm-hmm. called Sidekick, which is a game app. And they're giving away a lot of games with that. Cool. Um, and so, and you can share your screen. So we've done, they have some family feud type games, um, uh-huh. which is fun. And some of them are Bible, some of them are otherwise. Um, they have some drawing games and some other, but it, it gives it a little more bells and whistles. Like, um, and they're giving that away through June. Um, That's so, cool. I mean, it's a subscription thing, which I haven't subscribed to because it's more than I would do, but right. um, it's added a little, just a little fun. For Tell us the name of that again, that resource. It's DownloadYouthMinistry.com. Okay, DownloadYouthMinistry.com. I will say that theologically, some of their Bible studies and things are not necessarily fully in my theology, but game wise. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there you go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. I, we I, heard, oh, okay. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was I was gonna say I don't think we should underestimate the value of play and laughter and leisure right now. One of my former colleagues at BTSR wrote on you know, on leisure and theology and, and there are, you know, some uh legitimate reasons to suspect that there's a lot of um value in, in, in what we're doing and just trying to help kids have fun in what what is a very anxious moment. So David, what were you gonna say? Well, so the one game that I had a blast setting up was, uh, and it was before, it was a week, over a week and a half ago, we set it all up. But the kids ministry, right, did a virtual Easter egg hunt where we put pictures of eggs around the church and they, you know, she uploaded them each day. So we took that a little further and um, I went around and partnered with 10 of our local restaurants and businesses in downtown to help them for takeout orders. So we hid different amount of eggs in all the restaurants and then took a picture of it and then took the eggs away. So nobody has to go there to look for them and post it online. And I've had a lot of people have a lot of fun. People are having fun looking for them. Um, I don't know that anybody's won yet. So the, the, the prize is if you do a takeout order at any of those restaurants and you show up to get your food, if you tell them how many eggs are in the photo, you win a $20 gift card for a future purchase that our church put together. Um, they're really, really hard. Like you have to zoom in and find some of them because they're blended in with certain things. And um, my wife, I think she got one picture wrong like four times, right? And so uh, it, it, it's just, it's, it, it's a fun way. Like kids are having a blast with it, either whether they're going or not. Um, they're looking at those images of the restaurants and, and playing around and seeing if they can guess it. And I'm not telling them because they have to show up and get the answer there, but right. to buy food. So um, so that's kind of another fun way to kind of get connected with the community. It's a mission outreach that we're doing, right? We're trying to help the businesses gain a little more takeout right now. Right. Because downtown is really weird. I mean, I'm sure all of your areas are, but downtown Fredericksburg, when you walk outside, um, like on a Sunday morning, when I leave, um, like at noon, sometimes like, it's just, there's not a person. You kind of want to see the Western like tumbleweeds rolling. Right. Right. Yard. Look at that hair, guys. I should have. That's amazing. If you're on the podcast, my daughter just came in and I um, didn't brush her hair this morning because <laughs> we're not going anywhere. That's right. That's right. Um, I think so. My particular group is not as mainly doing Snapchat. Doesn't do a lot of social, other social media. Well, TikTok, of course. Um, but um, what I have seen from lots of other um, folks in the CBF Youth Ministry Network, which by the way, I would say has been a lifesaver too. We've had weekly calls of support for each other. And so certainly connecting with other folks is important um, just as a matter of we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, but lots of them have been doing um, some Instagram games in their stories, whether it's scavenger hunts or bingo or this or that, and have been great about sharing that with our mm-hmm. um, group. And so, while that doesn't work in my context, I've certainly seen that it's been great for, for some other groups to do those things so that kids are interacting on their own time, not in that, you know, hour of Zoom call or whatever. So I think that's another important piece to mention. Yeah, that's great. Sort of that, asynchronous, so. you know, static uh, ways for them to engage with one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about... Um, I'm, I'm wondering, um, I think, David, you mentioned this a little bit, thinking about how to get youth involved in, for example, worship, because that is, you know, sort of like the whole person. How do we engage them in the larger congregation? 
I'm wondering what are some of the ways that y'all are thinking about that as we've sort of radically uh, rethought what worship looks like right now, you know, um, I'm thinking, for example, some low hanging fruit, have a youth uh, member read scripture pre-recorded and then include that in to worship or something. What are some of the ways that y'all are engaging youth in worship? So this week I am asking youth to read specific verses from a psalm. Um, and then I'm putting them together in a video so that it'll be the, the youth group together reading cool. the psalm. Um, so I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah. And, and then so you'll feed that to whoever is the, the technological master that's. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So our pastor is actually doing that. Like he's putting together the videos for each Sunday morning. Um, but I'm preaching this Sunday, so I don't mind giving him a little extra to, <laughs> to add into the video <laughs> right. this week. Okay. Yeah. But he also, he recruited some youth, um, there's a very musical family, youth and college students and parents, um, large family. So they're all home together now. And they all sang, um, a beautiful piece, uh, that went under some of the elements of worship last week. So they were able to record all together at home and this acapella piece. And it was really, it was really neat and beautiful. Yeah. I just want to give a shout out to the amazing work that, um, pastors and so many churches have done in sort of a hard right turn and shifting everything online. And it also strikes me that our youth are maybe the best equipped among us, technologically speaking, to to help us figure out some of this technology too. So they're good resources for our churches to, to, to call on, you know, in terms of a lot of these things. What else? Any other ways that they're being involved in worship? So those are, we've done similar things for Palm Sunday and, and in a large way, intergenerational, not just our youth, but including our youth in those pieces for Palm Sunday. I asked everyone to take video or a still photo video was beyond some of our folks of themselves um, waving whatever version of palms they had, the palms of their hands in our house. It was a Christmas cactus because <laughs> that's the only green we had. Um and, and so our youth participated in that. And then um, on Easter Sunday, I asked everyone to send video of themselves saying Christ is risen. And I put all that together. And so we had youth and their families and some individual youth whose families don't attend our church as part of that as well. This Sunday, I'm going to attempt to have the following week's call to worship ready to go so that on our Zoom call, they can, I'll share my screen and they can read um, that as well with us. So, and I'll record that piece of it. Um, so that they can be the leaders for the call to worship. We will see. I tried to record them all doing Christ is risen on zoom and that was disastrous and did not work <laughs> because they couldn't stop laughing at each other. So, so maybe, I don't know whether we're, we're going to try it. <laughs> and we've done all the, all the things that you all have mentioned. I mean, we did do the, we did do the Christ is risen. Uh, he's risen indeed. Um, zoom back and forth between young families um, with kids and with a, a, another adult class where one said one, one said the other on zoom, man, was that hard to get right. Uh, and it still wasn't right in the end, but you know, they all appreciate seeing everybody's face. Right. Um, yeah. so it's kind of nice. Absolutely. Those intergenerational things have been so beautiful. That's where I'm always almost moved to tears, like seeing a senior adult, you know, right next to in the a clip next to you know, a family who just had a baby. I don't know. It's just really beautiful. Look, we're still the church. Yeah. The Palm Sunday waving video we did was probably um, the best of that. Right. It it was, it, we had, I think 50 some odd, maybe 60 people um, participate in it. And they all, every, all their videos were in there and they all were yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. Um, and it was kind of sounded like the crowd at church would be doing it in a way. And, wow. Uh, it was just, there was people who, um, like a husband who's been coming, the wife has been super sick and can't really leave the house. And so she was on the video and people just like ate that up. Right. So it's just been nice to see faces when you couldn't have seen them before. And it's yeah. been cool. That's awesome. That has been a blessing of this online, um, shift. We were not, did not really have an, at least an online worship presence, um, before this. And so that has been really interesting to see. And I, I said ours as a premiere so that we can 
um, watch and chat together. It's fun to see people type in. Thanks be to God. After we say the word of God for the people of God, they are chatting it. But um, the connection that's been made with folks who have not been in our sanctuary for a long time, for a variety of reasons, either health or, you know, some church stuff mm-hmm. going on and, um, or former youth who are in other cities. I had, a um, a now grown youth who I've been at the church for 20 years. So I have a lot of now grown youth, right. um, <laughs> um, who is, she's in Charlotte. She has her own business there and she happened to be, she was get, they don't attend church in Charlotte and she was online and happened to see that we were starting our Palm Sunday service and sat and watched the whole service and, um, you know, sent a message, tagged us later to say, um, are Girl Scout cookies and a mimosa appropriate communion elements? <laughs> and my response was, what kind of Girl Scout cookie? <laughs> um, so, and then she even in her business account spoke about the meaningfulness of her, of, of her church reaching out in that way. And, hmm. and so I think that's been a, a blessing in a lot of ways to encourage us to make some pivots that we would not have been doing otherwise. That's great. Yeah. We sort of have this awareness that there's a gift to this time. If we're paying attention that maybe we can do some things better during this time that, that we couldn't in our normal mode of being. And I love Alice, what you said about um, intergenerational connection, that this maybe provides some unique avenues for that. I'm wondering if um, any of y'all have any thoughts in terms of, um, things that we just sort of need to be mindful of in terms of best practices for internet usage, keeping youth safe uh, and so forth, uh, privacy concerns and safety and so forth online. Any, any thoughts or things that y'all have grappled with uh, these last few weeks or that you're thinking about? Yeah, we, um, for like zoom, for example, uh, you know, I've used that for years, but you know, we, we turned on the password option and turned on that you have to be a authenticated, authenticated user for it. So then you have, you know, you kind of have to admit people as they come into the room, whether they have to type the password in or not. So that's been a, a good way to kind of, for that kind of security, but also reminding people as we begin, you know, I mean, you can see my kids walking around and jumping in here, but just remember your video cameras on, um, right. if it is. Uh, and, or, or you're not on mute. So just watch the, you know, the language, what's behind you, what's around, just kind of being mindful of that, especially as I have, um, at, at noon on Sundays, right? Like youth and college together in a room, um, mm-hmm. you know, being mindful to, Hey, especially with the older ones, uh, we need to, right. we need to be a little more, uh, above the game, if you will. Uh, and also I think when it comes to it, monitoring, you know, I, all of us are online more, right? In, in our social media platforms or, you know, with the services. So having someone or, um, you know, monitoring what people are doing and saying and being around, you know, uh, your platforms, whatever they might be, I think is important right now. Um, like for example, we're gaining like probably 30 new likes on our Facebook page a day because of all the stuff we're putting on. Um, and there was somebody who put something that on Easter Sunday that probably shouldn't have put it there. Right. That we don't know. And so just monitoring that and having somebody being able to respond appropriately or be able to remove things that shouldn't be there, I think it's important to do. And that's not something most of us probably think about. We don't have a tech person that does that kind of thing. Right. On a, on a, on a, on could, yeah. It could be someone that's at home that has some extra time on their hands right now. Right. That, uh, that you trust. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm certainly mindful of, you know, what are we putting uh, in public spaces online, right? Like David, once we stop recording, I will ask you, you know, do you want me to edit out that part, you know, in which your child came on video or whatever? Uh, we want to be especially mindful of, you know, of that aspect of privacy and security and so forth. What else? And I would say along with that, particularly with youth or children, if you're seeing lots of screenshots of Zoom and um, Zoom meetings that are posted, or recordings, and that's great, but it's really important with that to make sure that participants' names aren't, you, know, you can turn that off so the participants' names aren't showing under them, and I would say that's yeah. an important piece, too. Mm-hmm. I also try to be very mindful, um, and I'm probably the worst person to ask. I'm terrible. I struggle with technology, and not in a, like, not in a, I'm not savvy kind of way, but in a, um, particularly with my younger students, 
I love the concept of wait till eighth, right? Like wait till eighth to give your kid a cell phone. And I know that's not necessarily realistic for every family for lots of different reasons, but some parents are trying to have their kid wait until eighth grade to get that phone um, for whatever reason. Maybe it's financial, maybe it's just wanting to protect them for whatever reason. And so I try to be very mindful of reaching out to kids and students in multiple ways. Like I use the Instagram um, um, announcements and emails and Facebook are mostly for parents, but um, you know, text messages, all these things. Like I got to make sure to include a parent for those kids who don't have phones. And and I want to be careful about inside jokes and and giving, um, giving kids who have phones access to, things that other kids don't. It's hard. I really struggle with that one because I want to be so supportive of those parents who are able to, um, or who are trying to, to hold off on, on that. Anyway, I don't have an answer. It's just a struggle for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. Thing, I, I, I have that struggle too, right. With the kids who don't have that technology. Um, and, and I do include their parents in that group message or whatever. And, but I say, you know, this is for such and such. Right. And then, the kid will actually text me back on mom and dad's phone or call me from okay. there or whatever, which has been kind of neat. Um, so they do, they, they'll, the parents will give them the access, right. But not give them full access because it's not their phone. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I worry about is that is some of our families um, that don't have technology at home. Right. And, and the center of the schools are working on getting that there. The church has been working on making sure that our kids um, have something at least one item in the house to be a part of. And, you know, as a parent of three small kids who all are homeschooled now, right. With, and all of them have Google classroom for their school system and they all have to be on the computer at the same time. And we don't have three, four computers in the house to let them all be a part of. So like, you know, how do you rotate? How do you share? How do you, you know what I mean? So, you know, all this technology is just, it's complete. Like my five-year-old would not have a computer, um, at her fingertips, if it wasn't for her needing to go on to Google Classroom and see her teacher, see this, you know, get on her Google Hangouts with her teacher once a week. And, you know, so it's just odd, you know, to think that a five-year-old is, is doing this with her school teacher, you know. Right. Yeah. I think the other piece that I'm trying to figure out is support of parents. Um, who are overwhelmed by all of the electronic and digital things that are coming their family's way. Um, so are there ways that I can provide support that don't add to that? Because I want, I've always want to encourage parents to be the primary faith shapers in their family's lives. So I think, you know, that's my goal when we're in church gathered as a community, certainly even more important now, maybe because that's the only real option. Um, but I also know how overwhelmed parents are. And so trying to figure that piece out, I think has been an important challenge too. not to overwhelm families, but to give what's needed. As a you know, parent, I have our- certainly felt overwhelmed in the last few weeks. And sometimes I just want to be like, less is better, but um, we need that, whatever it is to be, um, you know, helpful and useful. And, and yeah, I've sort of started thinking, I have younger kids, um, a seven and a three-year-old, but I've, I've been wondering how can I, you know, help our kids in their faith formation right now and what, what tools might our church equip us with? David, you wanted to say something? I was going to say, Melissa, we, um, we were kick, some of our leaders are kicking the idea around about having a, uh, to help parents with that theological training of their kids. Cause you know, we do, we want parents to take ownership in that, but the reality is right. They drop them off at us and we get them for an hour or two a week to do that training. So part of it was, is maybe we have a zoom Bible study with moms, dads, and the youth all in the same room and space that we're all learning and hearing the same things. You know, mom and dad aren't reading the email that has the lesson in it. And then having to ask the questions later, like, what about just, let's just show up for an hour together. We'll talk about this together. Uh, and then you can have conversation later about it, you know, and see, um, see what that means and how your family, you know, and so we're, we're kind of kicking that idea around too, is how do you That's a great not idea. give moms and dads more paper? Cause I should show you, I mean, the stack I have here, of all the lessons and, you know, calendars of like just schoolwork, right. To keep the kids going. 
And then, and then if I was to send parents home my calendar with all this other theology, like, Hey, read these books of the Bible on these days and talk to right. your kid about this. And like, they wouldn't do it. Right. And so how to, how to simplify it a little bit, but increase the importance of it. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's even more important today than it was a month and a half ago because we're not gathering together and you're not in, in that community with all those other faithful people, right? You're, you're at home with, you know, three to five people, right? Um, and that's your church, you know? And so how do we help them be that in that space and give them the tools? And so uh, without making it too difficult that they just say, man, we're just not going to do that for a while. I love that idea. That's mm-hmm. great. I wondered too, I discovered a podcast that's intended for families, really children, but I think it would work for you too, called We Wonder. Um, and they started in Advent, which I hadn't found them then. And then during Lent, I shared it with our children's families, but I was happy to see that they're continuing during the East, at least during the Easter season. Um, and for Easter, they're just, they're doing daily Lectio. Um, and it's 10 minute podcast, maybe 12. And I thought, I wonder if that is a resource that my families could use to, um, together and then they can pause in between the, you know, and, and if they want to pause the podcast and talk about it, but at least that's 10 minutes, maybe, you know, a dinner because our my families are eating dinner together because they don't have yeah. anything anywhere else to go, um, or before bed or whatever that might be. So I haven't tried that, but I wondered if that might be a simple mm-hmm. thing for them to do. Yeah, definitely. We, we wonder is the name of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So yeah, something new, I think. Sort of a good reminder that, you know, we pastor types, we're not the only ones doing the work of the church, but in many ways, we are the equippers of the everyday saints, right? And uh, I hear I hear y'all saying that right now as we are trying to provide resources that then parents and, and youth can take and uh, as they continue in their journey of faith formation. Well, um, and anything any of you are dying to say that you haven't said yet before we say goodbye? Well, you don't, have to, you don't have to edit my video. What's that? You don't have to edit my daughter out. I think it's great. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just well, wait, like, you know. Sounds good. If they well, weren't dressed, maybe, but, you know, come on. <laughs> right. Uh, well, Alice, Melissa, and David, this has been such a rich conversation. Thank you so much for taking time out and carving time out. Uh, one, to take, you know, to brainstorm together and share ideas together, but also to share with the bigger church. Uh, and we hope that this will be a useful research, resource for others. We're grateful for all that y'all are doing to serve faithfully in your congregations in spite of the challenges. And uh, it, it sounds like you're doing an amazing job. So thank you. Blessings to each of you as we continue and into this Easter season together and um, try to find what life and new life looks like in this season. And thanks for all of you listening at home. God bless each and every one of you. Take care.